0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.
1: Hey, and welcome to the Living Free Show uh, on 3CR. Uh, My name's Bill. Um, and this week we have the Radiathon show. Uh, today we're trying to raise $950. Uh, that's our target, uh, which is part of the $220,000 target for 3CR in total. Um, today our guests are Judy Ryan, who's the Secretary of the Residence of Victoria Drug Street Solutions, uh, Mary, uh, a member of Alaron Family Groups, and Rhonda, a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. So welcome to Judy, Mary and Rhonda. Hi Bill. Hi
2: Bill. Hi Bill.
1: Um, And thank you for coming in today uh, and helping out with the Living Free Radiothon show. Uh, Well, listeners, well, well, listeners, we hope that um, you value our show and you're willing to financially support us to keep 3CR and Living Free on the air. The Radiothon theme this year is Radio for Change and that pretty much sums up living free. We're all about changing lives of alcoholics, addicts and their families and the community. Remember your support will keep our message of hope on the airwaves. Um, my guests volunteer their time to share their experience in dealing with the effects of alcohol and drugs in their lives and in the community to help you understand the nature of the problem and the possible solutions. We. Um, so really I guess we start off talking about the Radiothon and the Radiothon is, is so important to ensure that we're on air to deliver a message uh, to the community. Um, and so if you're interested in supporting our show we'd like you to call now on nine four one nine eight three seven seven, or you can go online at 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Um, we'd love to have your support. And also, if you'd like to send us a message or ask us a question, you can call that number as well. Um, so I guess, first of all, um, being, having, having access to radio gives us a way to get our voice out into the community. And so, Mary, would you like to sort of share how, how that's helped you by hearing about things like Al-Anon so that you can address issues in your life.
3: Yeah, sure, Bill. So I heard about Alanon through going to a AA meeting with my uh ex partner and um while I was at the meeting I thought, Oh, this is, you know, great that he is getting support for him but I was in this, you know, toxic relationship where I felt really disempowered and felt that there was no support for me Um, and I felt you know it was almost like a self-imposed toxic bubble because I felt you know I I had the knowledge that he was an alcoholic and he's you know going to meetings but I was quietly suffering and I didn't know how to reach out and get help for myself Um, and then someone mentioned um, Al-Anon and I I was a little bit skeptical at first because I thought well I'm not the alcoholic I don't really need the um, I need I don't need to go to a meeting but once I actually went in there I realized I it was just it was just such a relief to know that I wasn't alone in my struggle Um, that that there were hundreds um, of people in the same situation you know living with an alcoholic and their struggles their you know their triumphs their tribulations and yeah it it gave me a a sense of uh, belonging that you know I could uh, free myself um and yeah I I I've been going to meetings now for about four or five months and it's given me so much strength and in the in the last six months that I've left the um alcoholic relationship I've gone from strength to strength and i I do owe that a lot to Alanon, so yeah.
1: Thank you very much. Okay, we have some pledges already, which is really good. Um, so w- first one is from Claire from Geelong, uh, $10, uh, $20. Thanks very much, Claire. That's really great. Um, and another one is from Josie uh, from Bayswater, uh, $10. Thanks, Josie. That's really good. Um, and third one is from Joanne. Uh, twenty uh from Mulgrave, twenty five dollars. So thank you very much for those. I'll play a little there's a little sound mix down here, which is pretty good. <laughs> um, thank you that's that's terrific. So we're slowly creeping up to our target. Um, Our target is 950, so we've got a long way to go. Um, So I think the next thing we can do is um, uh, Rhonda. Uh, Now, Rhonda's a member of AA, and she's been in AA for, I think, about 16 years or so. Um, And Rhonda's going to share a bit of her experience about finding out about AA. And um, so, Rhonda, would you like to share with us?
2: Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Um, I um, was... um, a Western Suburbs housewife. I come from Sydney so my drinking was done predominantly at home and um, one particular day I rang my sister because I, I couldn't get off the floor. So she came over and she said, oh I've got to take you to the doctor because I don't know what to do for you. I've got no idea. You can't stop drinking. So I went to the doctor And unbeknownst to me, my local doctor was actually one of the counsellors for the Salvation Army. (laughs) And so she said, uh, you have to go into a rehabilitation hospital because um, your blood pressure is so high. Um, If you you cannot detoxify off alcohol at home because you're at risk of having a seizure. I thought, OK, I was fine, you know, as far as I was concerned. So she sent me um, over to the hospital and they said, as part of their program, um, we have Alcoholics Anonymous meetings in this facility. You have to go. I thought, all right. I didn't, wasn't too fussed about that, you know, sort of. I, 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 but I'd rather go to an AA meeting than an art class. So I thought, okay, I'll go to the AA meeting. Um, and I went there and this lady came along and she was telling us her story and she scared me, <laughs> absolutely scared me. And I didn't really identify with her, but she told me about this person that I had to ring once I started on the day program and um, he would be able to help me. Um, So I did ring this person and I went to meet this person um, one morning and we used to have a meeting in um, the children's play area in McDonald's at seven o'clock of a morning of a Wednesday morning at Ashfield in Sydney and um, he started to tell me um, about how he'd find a life um, that was so worthwhile without alcohol and I went there on a regular basis um, until I went back to work and then he said um, there's a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous at 7am in the city, um, in Sydney, at the Rocks and it's just around the corner from where you work so you're going to go there every morning and I did, you know, so um, I started going to meetings every morning I started to see the same people every day Um, and I started to um, experience um, what it was like to be around people who could live a life without alcohol. And be happy about it. Yeah. Um, they talked about, um, not a lot about their drinking. They talked more about the hope that they had for the future. They talked about how they were able to come back into work. Um, a lot of them did, um, how they were able to be reunited with their families. Some weren't, but they still didn't have to drink over that. So they started to talk to me, and there was hope from that. So that was my exposure to Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I didn't stop drinking straight away. It took me a while. Um, but I, I just kept going because there was something there There was some some kind of truth I could hear um, and I thought, well, my way is not working. I might as well give their way a go, you know, And, and it was just a relief for at least for an hour of a morning. there was a relief from my head saying will I drink won't I drink will I drink won't I drink it was just that relief and so that was my first exposure into Alcoholics Anonymous Um, and that was in um, 1996 and so it took me a little while Um, I've been sober 16 years now but I've continued to go to Alcoholics Anonymous um, over all that period right yeah okay
1: so it's it's a long journey so you don't Get over the first time you try AA?
2: Well, some people do, yeah. um, but that wasn't my experience. You know, um, I, I, I didn't want to stop drinking, basically. I just wanted all the bad things to stop happening. I didn't want to feel this way, but I still wanted to be able to control my drinking. Yeah. I still didn't accept the fact that I was an alcoholic and what that meant for me um, was abstinence, um, permanent, sub- permanent abstinence. Abstinence yeah. That seemed horrific to me, um, but I was wrong. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. so, that's, uh, so it took a while. It took yeah. a while.
1: Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and now um, Judy, Judy's been involved with um, the Victoria Street Drug Solutions, which is a, a group that is aiming to get a medically supervised injecting centre into North Richmond. So Judy, um, do you want to tell us a bit about how you came into that group and how, how the group was formed and what things you're involved in?
0: Um, thanks Bill and um, it's really interesting to be following on from Mary and Rhonda and the two words I took out from both of um, what those women have said was relief in um, in Mary attending the Al-Anon and also uh, for Rhonda the word hope so and that they're such key words in this area that we all work in um, very powerful words so we've We've got a big issue in North Richmond Abbotsford uh, with um, illicit drug dealing using and overdosing some fatal so the residents are at the coal face of um, dealing with this issue on a regular basis in terms of um, uh, calling uh, the emergency services to support people who've uh, who've overdosed, who need support. Um, and it's very confronting, even though many of us have lived there for quite some time, uh, you never get used to it. Um, these are human beings, and for whatever reason, as Rhonda and Mary have both talked about, people end up in this situation. And I think it's a, an indicator of a civilised society that we actually reach out to these people and support them. Um Now, I don't use illicit substances, I enjoy illicit substances, but I recognise that these people have um, something in their lives that have, you know, have um, sort of produced this outcome for them. And interestingly, when we, um, we see them as part of our community. um, So we see them when they're injecting and we give them the time to complete that um, that, and then we go back and talk to them and say look i 'm judy i 'm from the residence group we 're trying to get a medically supervised injecting center. Would you use it and hundred percent say yes yeah, you know they really say great, what who wants to live like this, mm-hmm. but where do they go mm. and um, so we are really inspired by that response, and based on the success of the medically supervised injecting center in in Sydney, uh, which was set up 16 years ago, we're really determined to have a bipartisan approach from our parliamentarians in establishing a trial. Uh, a trial MSIC has been re- the recommendations of two coroners in the last three months.
1: Wow. And
0: we think that the um, parliament has to listen to that voice and to our voices too.
1: Yeah. And, and that's part of what 3CR is about. It's getting the community voice out... It's getting people engaged and it's getting people also involved together to to think that this is a problem that we need to do something about. Hmm. So if you'd like to support the work that we do on Living Free in trying to help people address their own drug and alcohol problems, their family's drug and alcohol problems or community drug and alcohol problems, you can pick up and dial now on oh three nine four one nine eight three seven seven. That would help us meet our target. Now, I've got a little sound bite here, and it's a sound of what happens here when there's no phones ringing. Here it comes. (laughs) Yeah, that's the sound of desolate wind. That's what the people, (laughs) people in the phone rooms are hearing right now. So if you'd like to change that to something a little more exciting... You can call us now on nine four one nine eight three seven seven. We have a few other pledges to read out. Um, we've got one from Grace from Essendon, twenty dollars. That's fantastic, Grace. Thank you. Uh, and we have another twenty dollars from Gail from Fitzroy, and it's good to get a local donation. Fitzroy, mm-hmm. Fitzroy, Abbotsford, all those places. We love to hear you call and um, and give us a pledge. Okay, so um, I guess uh, the other thing about um, getting help um, is getting help for, for yourself, but the other part of being in a 12-step program like AA, like Narcotics Anonymous, like Al-Anon Family Groups, like Naranon, is about helping others. And so part of what we do as, as a group, as 12-step groups, is to help others... So we volunteer to help others to find a, a solution to their problems. Um, so, uh, Rhonda, about can you just talk about some of the things that you've done in your AA work, helping others to find sobriety?
2: Um, firstly, I'd just like to say um, I, I got sober later on in life compared to a lot of people, so I was a stay-at-home um, housewife. And so um, my drinking was done in secret. And um, when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous, I found out I wasn't the only one. And I thought I was the only one that did that. I, um, I thought I was the only person that neglected their family and, and all that kind of stuff. I thought a woman doesn't do that. You know, it just doesn't. just not possible. You know, because that's not. It wasn't in my idea. No, That's not where I wanted to be. You know, so I, it was that identification. A first of all, I had to accept that I was an alcoholic and I needed help. And it was that identification with other members of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, and um, I, we given the advantage, if you want to take it up if people want to help you, and it's in the form of what we call a sponsor. Now, a sponsor is just a sober person offering a newcomer suggestions on recovery. And they take you through the program of the 12 Steps. So I remember very clearly when I um, went through that walk, through that first journey, through the twelve steps with my sponsor. I said, "How do I thank you? What do I do? You know, what do I, you know, what do I do?" And she goes, "You just pay it forward." She said, "Now you go and find someone else to help." And I thought, "Me? <laughs> you know, what have I got to offer?" And she said, "Heaps." She said, "You know, you're, you know, you're sort of, you're six months sober now, so you've got six months more than someone else walking through the door." I said, well, "What can I do?" She said, "Well." You stand at the stairs and you put your hand out and you say, welcome. You know, that may be the only time that someone that sees um, a friendly face. And you smile. Cause yeah. Are you happy to be sober? Yes. Yeah. Well, tell yeah. your face. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, put a smile on your face, you know. And I thought, oh, I can do that. So that's how I learned to interact with people. And then um, what she said, right, well, you're, you're good at talking. I thought, okay, I can do that. And so she said, we have a portfolio in Alcoholics Anonymous called Public Information. And I said, what's that? She said, well, you go out into the community and you let the professionals know about Alcoholics Anonymous. You give them information, you give them brochures and things like that. Okay, I can do that. So I started hitting the streets of Sydney. We'd go into all the hotels, all the big accommodation hotels, and the concierge would put our number in in the um, in their computer for when all the ships came in, because my meeting used to be at Circular Quay. Right. And so when the ships came in, they'd go, you know, because tourists don't know where AA meetings are, so that was fine, did all that, went to doctors and things like that. And um, I started, i got a. I come away from there, and I was amazed at the lack of... Um, People wanted to know about AA because mm. they, they worked yeah. with people who, and they didn't know how to help them. And then suddenly we turn up with a smile on our face, dressed really well, presented really well, you know, because that's what help was trained to do. And they started saying, oh, okay. Is there a number that can you can ring and, and these people can get more information and you and said yes, there's a national number, one three hundred double two double two double two. I thought I'd get that in.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, and that's twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, you know, and there's a website you can go onto. And I started to feel I my self esteem started to build because I was actually giving something back and doing something. Yeah. I wasn't trying yeah. to save anybody or anything like that. I was just giving information to the professional people. I worked in the professional field by this stage so that was something that I could do and it's gone on from there and we've been able to, um, once I moved to Melbourne, I've been able to take um, help uh, part and coordinate um, some of the big expos like um, the General Practitioners Expo, um, Mental Health um, Week for for youth, um, Rural Mental Health, have a table of AA and just go there and just be there and just hand out literature and answer questions. And tell people about Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, and, and that's been amazing. So from this person who thought she had nothing to give, who thought yeah. the lowest of the low, to be able to do that and act like a decent human being, I find that a blessing. I really, 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 really do, you know. So I I would never know what who if anyone ever comes into AA because of what we do. But if we don't go and do it, then... The,
1: it's, it's, yeah. it, you know it's lost we miss, so, we miss out yeah. yeah
2: and that's it and, and it's a small price for me to pay for the life that I've been given to me gratitude is an action and that's the action that I take and
1: I love it yeah, yeah. 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 that is good isn't it um, I'll just play an announcement quick announcement for you um, if you're thinking of donating donate now if you can uh, we have some online donations that we'll read mm-hmm. out th- during the show and but it would be nice to get a call from somebody who's listening to the show and Enjoying what we're doing. So here's a quick announcement. Radiothon is a time for raising money, but it's also a time when we get to hear back from our listeners about how you feel about the station. We'd love to hear from you during Radiothon, so ring up, donate, and have a chat. Our number is 9419 8377. 3CR, Radio for Change. So welcome back to Living Free on 3CR 855 kilohertz on your AM dial and 3CR on digital radio. Um, my guests in the studio today are Rhonda, Judy, and Mary, and we're raising funds to keep 3CR on air. Um, so let's talk a little more about why we volunteer our time to help influence change. Um, so Judy, maybe you could talk why you why you got involved and why you stay involved, and why you think that's important.
0: Um, it's very interesting to use the word volunteering. It's actually, you don't think about that. Um, it's more about that there's sort of really no other option. You know, I didn't feel that I was being a volunteer. I just thought, well, he was an issue, and I wanted to reach out to my fellow residents to see if there were others out there that felt similarly to me. And fortunately... I did, which doesn't surprise me. At the time, I, I was sort of felt like I was operating in a vacuum. But yeah. once you go out there and, um, and reach out to those people, and you just find so many people who feel the same. And um, it's interesting. Last weekend we had a fundraiser at, at um, Bunnings where we ma- ra- raised money. But almost the most important aspect was the connection with community members, yeah. people from the area who. A bit like what Rhonda was saying before that you sometimes think you 're the only person seeing the um, human tragedy that is you know illicit um, drug use, uh, but when they came and saw us and who we were and that we were just residents ordinary people ordinary yeah. people, um, although I must say we 're experts bill we 're experts yeah. at being ordinary in our in our neighborhood. Yeah. But they were almost relieved to be able to talk about their issues and what they'd seen. It was like what Mary was saying before, to go to something that and you just say, Oh, you know, this is what this is what I'm dealing with as well. Um but also to feel positive and hopeful that there is we can achieve something as a group and that is to support these people in our community who do um, need rehabilitation or, and want it and yeah. want it yeah. because they're sort of voiceless and um, if they've got us there to to uh, advocate on their behalf, that's very important. So it's funny the volunteering, it's, it's almost look, this is just what you have to do. Yeah. You know, There's really no other option. There's no plan B in this. And it's convincing the leaders of our community in the parliament to realise that this is, is, a, is a real problem. Mm. And, you know, I had an issue where I was confronted with a really shocking overdose about three weeks ago. And as I held the partner of this woman who was on the ground, um, and I just thought, you know, this is Melbourne. It's just, it's just, it it was. It's almost like if you saw it in a film or it was happening in in another city, in another part of the world, you'd think, well, of course. But it's just not good enough, you know, right here, right now. So, um, so the residents are very keen to get a civilized response, uh, and we're very determined.
1: Yeah, Mm. well, that's that's good. Um, and I think having having that connection to other people. It removes the isolation. Yep. It means that together you can do something, mm. um, and it can grow to something much, much bigger. Mm, um, that's right. I got involved with a group, um, oh, probably, I don't know, a year or two ago. Uh, they're called Lighter Footprints, and they're advocating for power to, to about the environment and electricity generation and things like that, and, and trying to say we should we should be doing something about that in the community. And they started off as a small group and in two years, last on Tuesday night we went to a, an event they hosted that was at the um Hawthorne Town Hall and they came six hundred people mm. into this hall to hear Alan Kohler talk about the problem of not having government policy in the electricity generation area. And, you know, that's the thing, it's you know, something small, it just brings pe- it, it informs people, brings them together, and people can make informed decisions from there on. Not be partisan, mm. and one of the big things Alan Kohler said, like you you were saying, is we need bipartisan support to get something established that as soon as we stand in our own camps and just you know deny the other the other side any any concession, we don 't get anywhere, and that 's really what it 's like growing up in an alcoholic family. Everybody is against each other, and there is no, you can 't progress because. Every action is punished, and I think that's really the, the sad thing that that the more you polarize the community instead of bringing them together, then you get, this, you get the worst possible outcome.
3: Mm.
1: And I think the thing that you know with radio for change is we're trying to say positive change is possible, and it doesn't have to be our way. We can look at other people. What have other people done that we might be able to use to, to get a benefit? Um. So, Mary, would you like to read out some of the info about 3CR that we've got on the wall here?
3: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we need to keep 3CR independent and community funded. We broadcast real voices. These are our stories, you know, um, our lived experiences. We're, we come here every week um to, to tell you our stories. Um, so our target is 220,000 this year. So every cent counts, uh, towards 3CR. It was built with donations like yours. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you. 94198377. Keep us on the air. If you like listening to Living Free, please give us a call now. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Um, so I guess you know, we, each, we each have our own experience and, and I think the lived experience, shared lived experience has a much greater resonance than hearing some manufactured story about something and um, you know, for me growing up in an alcoholic family, um, I, I didn't know that other families were enduring what I was enduring because I'd go to other places as a child and there was no concentration on alcohol. There was no abuse. There was no intimidation. Um, And I think, um, you know, you don't sort of... You think you're unique. Um, And, you know, coming into Al-Anon meant that I I could hear other people talk about their experience and to understand that what I went through wasn't as bad as what they were going through, but my experience was terrible for me. And I think that's the thing that I had to realise, that for me it was overwhelming... And their experience for them was overwhelming, and that's why people change and make a decision to change their lives. That so they get to what they call rock bottom, and they realise that the only way out is up, and you can only you can't ever get ahead if you're always trying to get even. And getting even mm. was part of life in you know growing up in an alcoholic home. Um, so Rhonda, would you like to share a bit about you know living you know as an alcoholic, the sort of um, I guess dramas that were unfolding in your in your family life while you were drinking. W- what what went on in your in your family?
2: <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh. It sort of um, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, family life. You know, coming from the same kind of situation that you were just relating to. Um, my um, vow to myself was that I was never going to treat my family, the way things that happened in my home was never never going to be what happened in my my, my home of origin. Um, But the... uh, I don't know. The alcohol, it took away um, all my dreams. It took away... It robbed me of my potential. Um, I would have every intention of not having a drink um, in, by the time I got to my mid-30s in, in the morning. But I don't know, I just have to get up in the morning and somehow the thought of getting the kids up to go to school was really hard <laughs> and it was just too much. So I would just have I just have one to take the edge off, you know, and it was never just one to take the edge off. It was huge you know, coffee cups, and I was just saying before it was always fine china, toffee, coffee choffee, you know, coffee cups. You know, all mm. over, all the fine china and everything. Um, they knew what I was doing, and see, I was never actually a fall down drunk at home. They didn't actually see what I was doing. I could still function quite well, you know. So. I would um, get them off to school. They're always there early, never late. <laughs> <laughs> Their all, uniforms were always perfect. Their shoes were always perfect. The house was always perfect. I'd get all the housework done by ten o'clock in the morning. Everything had to be done. Even tea on the, on the had to be organized by ten. I liked winter because I could do stews, so that was really good. They didn't like them, but I liked to go <laughs> do stews, you know. And then I could sit down and watch the soapies, and I could just oh, I could relax, you know. And I could have more wine, and just more wine, and just more wine. And they thought, oh, bugger, I've got to go and pick them up from school. Oh, oh, okay. And so I'd have another glass of wine, you know, and I'd, I'd go through four litres of wine by 3 o'clock in the afternoon and still go and pick up my kids from school. I never drove a car because I, I, never, I just never drove and I still, mm. I still don't drive now, you know. They were always in bed by 7 o'clock at night. You yeah. know always yeah. in bed by seven o'clock at night, you know your kids are so well behaved they were too scared not to go you know yeah. I think it was a relief because and then as soon as we had our tea, um, my husband would go off to bed i'd pretend to go to bed and i'd get up and I'd start drinking all night and that was my that was that was my day in day out because i didn't have to work at that stage, you know, and it was just a hard way to live, you know, but to the outside world, I presented as the perfect wife. The, the perfect mother, the perfect housekeeper. You didn't want to look in my cupboards, though. I tell you, it was a made, mad woman's cupboards, you know? Yeah. you know, really was mad. But to the, I presented this, you know, because I, I could function. Yeah. But I just was, and then I'd think, why can't I stop doing this? You know that had me baffled. You know, I'm such a bad person. How come? And how come I don't like my kids? How come when they ask me to go to the school to do reading, you've got to be joking? You yeah. know, <laughs> you know, sort of all that stuff. But I went because that outside, the outside appearances. You know yeah. what I mean? But as I was saying before, when I was growing up, no one ever came to our house. When my kids were growing up, no one came to our house either yeah mm. it was the walls mm. it was the secrets you don't tell anybody anything you just don't tell anybody anything you know we, you know my husband used to drink my then husband used to drink as well um but we i'd we'd buy four liters of wine and then i would got very good at judging um how much it weighed because <laughs> i would drink most of it then i'd have to go down the shop and buy some more and then drink the rest of it to get to where it was before <laughs> <laughs> in the morning than when he left now that's no way to live. That's no, no, that's no. no way to live. That's not living. That's existing. But it was my normal. Yeah, mm. and this went on for years and years and years. Showering, didn't want to. You know, change mm. of clothes. It, for me, it didn't matter. I always had a full face on makeup on though. I can tell you, and my hair was always done, and and the house was always done, you know, yeah. um, until I, until I left that home um, when my daughter was sixteen, mm. and I had to go and live with my sister, and I was sleeping on her floor, and that's when I started going out to pubs, and I could drink out in the open, you know. So before I left that home when my daughter was thirteen, I, I got a job, a part time job at the bank. That was really hard because I couldn't drink
0: mm. <laughs>
2: during my day. I was just drinking all the time, you know. And it's, and it, but then I'd make up for it when I got home. Uh, but I just, I got to the stage where I couldn't function. So I walked out of the house, um, thinking it was, you know, his fault, but it wasn't. It Was my alcohol, um, alcoholism, and I was, I was free. But I was free to go onto a slick, um, a path that took me down and down and down, you know. And I just, yeah, yeah I, was, I couldn't even go to the letterbox in the end. I couldn't hold down the job. I, I didn't shower, didn't bathe myself, nothing, you know. Yeah. Um, just hid away. Yeah, he just hid away from life, you know. So um, that was that's where it took me. Um, I don't know if you want me to talk about what happened when I went into AA. If you want to leave that till later, because my life doesn't resemble, thank God, doesn't yeah. resemble anything like that today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, well, we can leave it till later because we've got a bit of the show to go. Yep. Um, so what we need is we need we need some phone calls. Um, we're sort of dying here. We we have some pledges from people who've donated online, and thank you if you've done that, uh, or if you're going to do that. That's terrific. But we've got to keep 3CR on the air. We've got to do our bit. And part of being in a 12-step group is being self-supporting. And so this is one of our channels to get our voice out to the community. And so if you're listening in 3CR right now, and if you're in a 12-step program, and you know the benefit the 12-step program has given to you, then why not ring up and donate and send us a message. Send us a message of hope that we can... Continue on air. So here's a... Well, read out some donations. OK, I'll read out another few more pledges for you. Um, we have a pledge from Janine from Chainside Park in Victoria for $20. Thanks, Janine. Um, and we have a pledge from Brenda. Brenda from Patterson Lakes. That's getting a long way away too. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, Brenda, for $50. That is... Fantastic.
0: Um, can I just say, Bill, it's interesting how wonderful those um, donations are. And I know that to produce an hour of this program costs $90. Yeah. So we've covered that, you know, but it just is an indicator to people who are listening that, you know, to get $90 to run today's one-hour program, it's it's quite a mind-blowing amount, really. Yeah. Um, so I think it's very well worthwhile.
1: Yeah,
2: And could I just say too that without um, avenues such as this, like the community radio, People like me, when I was at Housewife at Home or Housebound or whatever, may never have had the opportunity to hear that the help was available um, free of charge out there, would never have known about it. So, to, for, for me to have the um, privilege to come along and talk here, and just maybe somebody might just hear something that we say and will be able to then go and have a look for themselves, it's just amazing. So, without this, this organisation, I wouldn't have that voice here today. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah agreed. Uh, Mary, do you want to add your voice to the to the chorus?
3: Yeah, definitely. Look, 3CR puts 132 programs to air every week. That's 92 hours of current affairs and 73 hours of music. And we do that in 19 different languages. So that's a phenomenal amount of people power here. So we'd love to hear from you. Get get uh, calling on the phone, zero three nine four one nine eight three double seven.
1: Thank you. Um, Yes, yeah, so that's that's where we are. We um, we we could probably do another couple of donations just before we run to another break. Um, and this one comes all the way from New York City, um, Brooklyn, in fact, in New York. Yeah. Jackie, twenty dollars. Thanks, Jackie. That's fantastic. <laughs> we really appreciate it. And there's another fifty-dollar one from Sue in Surrey Hills. So I think that requires a... OK, okay. Uh, we'll run to a, a quick song. Uh, and this... OK, we're back. I'm afraid the phones aren't ringing, which is a bit, a bit sad, but I guess we, are, we could be in denial. <laughs> <laughs> could be in denial out there that we need 3CR. We uh, could be in denial that we need living free. We're not sure. Uh, I guess it's up to you out there. If you'd like to, you can donate on by calling up on nine four one nine eight three seven seven, or you can go to the website 3 au forward slash donate uh, and try and help us out and try and help 3CR stay on the air so that community voice and recovery can fill the airwaves with hope mm. um, so that was a song called Money, Money, Money from Mamma Mia um, and my guests are Judy, Mary and Rhonda and during the Radiothon we are raising funds to keep 3CR on air um, but more importantly it's about trying to inform people so that they they understand that there are solutions out there that, that they may be unaware of um, and the things that um the the pro the 12-step programs do is that they, ha- they help individuals address personal problems and once once your your personal problems and family problems are resolved you can go into the world and be a useful human being you can actually contribute to social social change and so i was fortunate uh 12 months ago that i came on the show as a guest and jude our previous presenter who was our host um Wondered if I would like to get involved, and I said, "Well, I'm not really. I'm I'm not really the talking type, you know." Yeah. <laughs> she said, "Oh no, you'd be fine, you know." And I think it's having people having confidence in you, and so I did the training. I Jude, um, what I guess she mentored me, mentored me through, sat beside me while I did my own shows. I uh, went through the training program, and um, it made me realise that. Three CR offers not only the community voice and the involvement of people in the community, but it means that you can also become a spokesman for for your own cause and have your own show and be involved in other people's shows as well. Um, and you become a, you become a resource I guess in the community as well. so so part of 3CR is about training people to be in to, to be able to run their own shows. And then they can go off and run their own shows in other places as well. They don't have to stay at 3CR. And so, you know, 3CR is a training organisation. So you need to ensure that we keep these sorts of organisations going that are willing to provide low-cost training to people to give them skills that will help them in in the general community and help the community. Um, so if you'd like to call us, 9419 8377, you can ask us a question. You can tell us what you like or don't like. Whatever you like, but you know
0: we're happy to take talk back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, we can't talk back, but we can. We can we, respond. We can respond. Yes. Yeah, yes. We can be the first responders. Yes. Um, so, um, Mary, what would you like to say about three CR? You you also volunteer at three CR. I understand.
3: Yeah, I do. I've been here for about eight months, and I love it. I just the amount of people that I get to interact with. Uh, and meet Um, it's just been amazing to to be a part of this vibrant community it's so diverse Um, and you know to to have community language thriving and you know current affairs you know it this is really grassroots community activism Um, we really need to keep this on the air we don't get uh, government funding so it is uh, we you keep it alive, so your donations keep 3CR on the air. Uh, it's been 41 years since we got our licence, so, you know, we'd love to continue on for another 40-odd years. So, yeah. you know, uh, keep us going. Please donate. Um, our shared experiences and our stories is what comes keeps us coming back to you each week. So we'd love to hear from you. So nine four one nine eight three double seven.
1: Thank you. Um, Judy, I understand you've got a bit of a fundraiser going this weekend.
0: Um, Thanks, Bill. Yes. So like 3CR, we um, run on the smell of an oily rag, which is we have a bank account with nothing in it at the moment. (laughs) So it's not even oily. Um, So we're running a a movie night tomorrow night in Abbotsford. Um, We're we're showing the film Candy. Now, some of you, your listeners, would know of Candy. It's an Australian film with Heath Ledger um, and Jeffrey Rush, and it's the story that was written by... Uh, ..the screenplay of the story written by Luke Davies. Now, some of your listeners would know that he was um, profiled on Australian Story recently. Um, the show was called The Candyman, and he had a life of serious heroin addiction for many years. He was from Sydney, but he came to Melbourne with his then-girlfriend and he subsequently wrote this story, Candy. uh, Candy. So we're actually showing it tomorrow night. And following on from what Rhonda was saying, Luke's life was pretty um, bottomed out, as you were talking about too, Bill. But he rehabilitated and he has been able to give back to the um, the film community his amazing writing abilities and skill sets and evidenced earlier on this year he actually won an Oscar award for the screenplay of Lion um, many people would have seen the film Lion now you know when I was watching this two part um, program a few weeks ago you sort of think if if Luke hadn't made it yeah. he hadn't you know he fortunately somehow he was able to get himself up. And he had that skill set, like Rhonda has her ability to connect with people and communicate. So too did Luke. And he's made a big impact on people's lives. So I think we need to be aware that people um, who who uh, can uh, be aff- afflicted by these addictions can make it. You know, there is a sense of hope, as we've been talking about. So if any of your listeners would be interested in coming and joining the residence for Victoria Street Drug Solutions tomorrow night at 6.30. It's in Abbotsford and you can buy a ticket on um, www.eventbrite.com.au and it's just a fundraising screening of candy. Uh, We also have a Facebook page where people can um, access that uh, booking and it's Victoria Street Drug Solutions.
1: Thank you very much. Yes, um, I think Abby Cornish is in it too. She is Abby yeah. Cornish as yeah. well, yeah. yeah,
0: and the tickets are only 20 dollars too. Oh, by cool. the way. yeah.
1: Okay, that's good. Um, thank you. Now we've got about five minutes to go, so Rhonda, anything you'd like any final words you'd like to say to those listeners <laughs> out there who who a may have a drinking problem, b may have a b have a family member who's a, who's a drinker? or C might know someone who's a drinker, how can they help?
2: Um, what you were saying before, Judy, about um, two people coming together, that's when Alcoholics Anonymous um, works brilliantly. It's just people helping people. And there's a common, at Alcoholics Anonymous, there's a common problem um, that I've found um, people who want to stop um, drinking um, and can't, um, Alcoholic Anonymous, if you're, if you're really honest with yourself, can help you. And that's what I found because that's been my experience. Yeah. I, before I got honest, it didn't help me because I, I didn't want to stop drinking. But I've seen countless lives changed. My life has changed incredibly. Um, and it's just, there's nothing like... Finally, realizing and accepting for yourself, and that honesty of being able to sh- share your experience with someone else, watch them get well, and then they go on to help somebody else. You yes, know, and yeah. that is just amazing. You yeah. talk about the lights coming on; that is just incredible. Yeah. You know, so all I'd say, I'd encourage anybody who, not sure, doesn't matter if you're not sure of an alcoholic or not. They told me you're better off being in here trying to prove that you're not rather than out there trying to prove that you are, you yeah. know. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? So just come along, sit down. You don't even have to say your own name. If You don't have to talk. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, you can just listen and you may just hear something that we could save your life or somebody else's life, you know, sort of. It's just people helping people and that honesty and um, that no matter what, that you don't have to get drunk. And that's just amazing. It's yeah. just incredible for that miracle to happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. For some people it does, but not everybody. But if you just keep at it and keep at it, you know, there's um, and I, I had to, to set aside all my own prejudice of what I thought it was, what I thought I wasn't or whatever. It's just to sit there and listen. To the similarities, listen to the people had the same problems as me. Doesn't matter how old they were, what colour they were, what uh, you know, what anything, what whether professionals or off the street doesn't matter. Mm. They just had identification of one person talking to another. I want to stop drinking and I can't. How did you do it? How come you're so happy about it? How come you can laugh now? How come you can hold down a job now? You know, yeah. how come your life is not over? And that's what I found there. It's just people helping people who want to get well. And it's that common bond, positive, powerful, you know, and it's just one person, you know, that's how it all started, one person talking to another back in 1935. Um, It's incredible, isn't it? It's it's just amazing. And from that that one meeting have come all these 12-step fellowships. So I feel privileged to be a member. I'm proud to be a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to come along and speak today.
1: Thank you. Thank you for coming. Um, Mary, a message, your personal message?
3: Yeah, look, I I owe a lot to Elenon. Um the last 6 months have been so transformative for me. I it's like I took back my life. I I've gained so much confidence in myself. Um and I I I honestly I just feel so happy. I didn't think that you know say a year ago that I could be so delighted to wake up and not feel crap about myself being in a really toxic relationship Um, and yeah Al-Anon has given me that kind of confidence to to look at I guess the flip side of the coin you know you know there is there are there are hard days there are you know days where I just think okay you know I lived through that experience but it's made me a stronger person and you know, helping out another human being, well, that's that's just got to be golden. You know, yep. seeing seeing my struggle, and you know, having a, you know somebody that I see at meetings, a regular a regular person. Um, yeah, it's it's been wonderful.
1: Thank you very much. Um, we have one more donation to read out, and it's from Carolyn from Port Melbourne, uh, fifty dollars. So thank you very much, Carolyn. And that's probably the last one we'll get a chance to read out because we're just on the limit of time. Um, so I'd like to thank our guests for coming in today to help us raise money. We haven't heard a single phone call, which is deafening silence, but that's life. And we have to accept that. Um, so thanks to Judy, uh, to Mary and to Rhonda.
0: Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bill. And thank thanks, you to Pam. 3CR for the opportunity and good luck. Absolutely.
1: Uh, So, listeners, we'll see you all next week when we'll be talking to some guests from Narcotics Anonymous who will share their experience with drug addiction and how NA has helped them. Uh, Stay tuned now for Black Noise Radio with Black Betty, uh, featuring black news and views, current affairs, music, sport, culture and the arts from an Aboriginal woman's perspective.